Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the West Steps. And since we just had tax day, I figured we'll sit down and talk about tax credits, a very exciting topic. And Bill is sitting down with us this week. Um, him and Riley are competing for the most repeat guests. And um, so, Bill, I think we should start with a very general, like, what are tax credits and what is their benefit for families, economic security and well-being? Yeah, two great questions. And I think, as you said, top of mind uh, as I was scrambling to file my taxes uh, <laughs> on Friday, um, I was reminded of the way that they show up uh, in our tax code. And so mm-hmm. tax credit is quite simply a provision in the tax code where you can reduce your tax liability, what you owe in taxes, uh, if you meet a certain set of criteria. And so there are a lot of tax credits out there. Um, but it's interesting that as states look at ways to support families with children, that tax credits are a tool that can be done to achieve that goal. Mm-hmm. And so we can talk more specifically about some of what that looks like in Colorado. But in essence, what we're doing is no different than when the Legislative Assembly funds a program to support people. Mm-hmm. It's just we're using the tax code to help people make ends meet, afford childcare, any number of ways that we try to support families uh, via the tax code rather than sort of a direct expenditure by the government. Right. Um, so you touched on this a little bit, but can you um, give us some of um, the most important tax credits here in Colorado? And um, so the state has, you know, we all just filed our taxes. So the state has its own tax credits, um, specifically for families and uh, usually families with kids. And then the federal government has its own tax credits. Can you describe some of the most important ones for Colorado and then maybe give us um, some pointers around what are the differences between the two? Yes. And it's a great point that uh, we all start with our federal tax return when we're filling out our taxes. And that federal tax return is sort of the basis of a lot of what shows up in our state Mm -hmm. tax code. And so it's easiest to kind of start with a couple that are in the, the federal tax code. So the first is the earned income tax credit. That's a tax credit for working families uh, that if you have earned income, it's a credit that lets you keep a portion of what you would otherwise have paid to the government to recognize the fact that, one, you're working, uh, and we all have an incentive to make it as easy as possible for people to be in the workforce. People Mm want to be in the workforce. They face obstacles to do that. And two, it helps uh, with family economic security. The earned income tax credit is the single most successful anti-poverty program that we have uh, in the country. It lifts the most children out of poverty because, again, when families are working, they're earning income, but they don't earn enough to kind of be fully economically secure. The earned income tax credit steps in and helps fill that gap by saying, we'll let you keep a portion of you what you otherwise would have paid. Um, and so that's one of the really great ones. Uh, a second is the child tax credit. So just by the sheer fact of having a child, life is expensive. Because they're so expensive. expensive. (laughs) Kids need lots of stuff. Yeah. And so we have a provision that allows people to uh, claim a credit, which means they get to, again, keep a portion of what they otherwise would have paid in taxes. Mm -hmm. That is the second most effective way to lift children out of poverty. Uh, Because, again, 
the age at which you're most likely to be poor is under six years old uh, in your whole life. And so families with young children face a lot of obstacles. So those are the two major ones at the federal level. The third I would add is the child care and dependent tax credit. And again, this is a tax credit that recognizes that it's that having children or having to care for a dependent uh, can be an obstacle to being in the workforce. Mm -hmm. And so the theory behind sort of economic policy and tax policy here is if there's obstacles to people participating in the workforce, Mm -hmm. let's lower those obstacles. And so you can claim a portion of your expenses to have your child in child care Mm -hmm. so that you can work. Um, If, you know, one parent is staying home to care for a child. That's uh, an income that you're not making. That's an income you're not making. And but uh, you can't claim the child care expenses tax credit in that instance. But if you have expenses that are prohibiting you from being in the workforce, mm-hmm. if you start incurring those, you can claim a portion of those. And that's where the child care independent tax credit comes in. Mm-hmm. Those three are all at the federal level. The state steps in and builds on those. So we have a state-level earned income tax credit that sort of stacks on top of the federal one to recognize mm-hmm. the fact the federal one doesn't go far enough. We have a state child care expenses tax credit that tries to, again, stack on top of the federal one to say – you can only claim a very small portion of the expenses. Um, uh, the the max you can claim is three thousand uh, dollars. If you can find childcare for three thousand dollars, please uh, tell please us tell so us. we can tell our people <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so the state tries to step in and say, let's help close that gap between the real cost of childcare and what the federal government allows you to claim. Uh, and then we have a uh, two pieces related to that childcare expenses tax credit. One is uh, starts to get in the weeds, but it's targeted to low-income families. We have one for families who make up to $60,000. But because of a glitch in the federal tax code, Mm -hmm. uh, low-income families, those making less than about $25,000 a year, actually can't claim the federal tax credit. And uh, we can talk in the weeds a little bit about that if it's helpful. Uh, But we have a, a, a unique provision in their state tax code that recognizes that glitch in the federal one, so supports families of very low income. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, bear with us as we <laughs> go into the into the um, weeds here, but I think it's important for us to understand these are families that are facing the most barriers right. and trying to have a family on $25,000 a year seems like an insane amount. Yes. So can you talk to us a little bit about that glitch on the yeah. federal tax? So this gets into the difference between a refundable tax credit and a non-refundable tax credit. Mm -hmm. So big multi-syllable words there, but (laughs) quite simply is a non-refundable tax credit simply lowers your tax liability. Okay. So you fill out your tax forms and you say, oh, I owe uh, $3,000, but if I claim this tax credit – I don't owe that anymore. I cut into what I owe. Okay. However, because it's non-refundable is if the tax credit bumps me up above what I would have owed mm-hmm. to the point where now the government owes me money mm-hmm. because I've overpaid, mm-hmm. I don't get that difference. Oh, I so see. So that's non-refundable, I meaning see. I don't get back. I can only lower my tax liability to up to some the point level. of what I would have owed. Got it. Got it. A refundable tax credit, on the other hand, allows you to get money back from the government when you file your tax return mm-hmm. if it takes your liability up above what you would have owed. Okay, got so it. So let's say I do my whole tax uh, piece and I owe, you know, TurboTax, H&R Block, et cetera, mm-hmm. whatever you use, says 
you owe $100. Mm-hmm. But you go back and look and say, oh, I forgot to claim the child care expenses tax credit, mm-hmm. and I should have gotten a $200 tax credit. If it's a refundable tax credit, I am now owed $100 mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it lowered my $100 liability and I should have been paid right. back that $100. If it's non-refundable, even if I would have gone over what I would have owed, I can mm-hmm. only get back, or I can I can't get back. I can only lower my liability. I see. I see. So okay. um, that's the difference. Some of these tax credits are refundable; others are not. And the child care and dependent tax credit at the federal level is not refundable. Oh, which means I see. so. Which means for, for families who make very little it. money, uh, you might not have a federal tax liability. And so you actually can't claim the credit. The challenge is the state tax credit is tied to the federal one. It's a percentage of what you claimed yeah. on your federal. So if you can't claim the federal one, you can't transfer over to your state form the portion that you could have claimed. Yeah. And the challenge there is we know families of low income are incurring substantial child care expenses, maybe not at the level um, uh, that uh, a family paying out of pocket might uh, you, but even in our child care assistance program, for example, there's a copay requirement mm-hmm. where you're paying out of pocket a portion of those expenses. And it's highly inequitable to say to those families, you're incurring expenses, but you can't claim the state credit. Yeah. But this family is, and they actually earn more than you. Yeah. So it gets into the, the weeds of refundable versus non-refundable tax credits. But uh, the state has tried to step in and help close that gap by creating this low-income child care expenses tax credit. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So shifting gears a little bit, when we talk about tax credits, another place that shows up, at least for our work, is around um, early childhood workforce. Mm-hmm. And it's we don't pay our childhood workforce enough for them to have a sustainable life. And we have used tax credits to fill in the gap. Can you talk to us how tax credits show up in that conversation? Yeah, great point. Um, So as you highlighted, you know, we're having a robust conversation in this country about Mm -hmm. teachers and teacher pay. And we saw strikes and walkouts over the past year that really highlight the way we're underpaying, particularly our K-12 workforce. And that is an important conversation. And I think it's worth highlighting that our average early childhood educator earns half of what a kindergarten teacher earns. And so if we think we have some concerns about our K-12 teacher pay, come visit with our early <laughs> yeah. childhood educators who are yeah. doing this foundational work with children. Yeah. Um, and yet because we treat early childhood education largely as a private good, parents can't afford to pay more. Uh, programs can't afford to raise uh, tuition for parents to pay their teachers better. Mm -hmm. And so in many ways, our early childhood systems built on the backs of the hard work of our early childhood educators who are underpaid Mm -hmm. to do this work. So one of the strategies that two states have employed, Louisiana and Nebraska, is to create a tax credit targeted to the early childhood educators to say, if you are Uh, working for six months of the year in a licensed early childhood uh, education program or Head Start or early Head Start site, and you are serving children at a minimum level of quality, um, the higher your uh, credential level, the larger of a tax credit we can give to you. And what that does is it helps fill that gap between what private tuition uh, can pay and what it really costs to keep people in the profession and encourage them to to raise their credential, to be professionals, yeah. to raise their level of quality. 
Colorado does not have an early childhood educator tax credit. And we're working to change that this session. Yeah. Um, House Bill 1005 is making its way through the legislative process with 16 days to go. <laughs> we think we have a path forward that would establish an early childhood educator tax credit in Colorado that would be targeted um, where uh, sort of entry level, assistant teacher level, it would be a 500 to $750 tax credit. And for our teachers, our early childhood educators, a thousand dollar tax credit um, refundable back mm-hmm. to our previous That's point, which good. means that uh, they could claim that full amount mm-hmm. uh, regardless of what their tax liability is. And for a lot of our early childhood educators, that is approaching anywhere from fifty cents to an a dollar an hour increase given the work that they do. And yeah. that is a meaningful, in our view, investment to support and to fill the gap what, between what sort of private pay tuition can afford and what our public investment looks like today. That's great. Um, so other than the one that you just mentioned, are there other tax credits that the Children's Campaign working on this session? So we've been supporting uh, a reauthorization of our low-income child care tax credit. Uh, our friends at the Colorado Center on Law and Policy have spearheaded that effort since 2014. One of the things about tax credits is because Colorado largely uh, doesn't bring in enough revenue to fund all the things we want to do. A tax credit is the state declining revenue. Mm -hmm. So you keep it to spend on your things. So people like to put sunsets on these, meaning that they come up for review, they expire. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's been on a three-year, every three years expiring. And so uh, there was an effort this year to make it permanent. Uh, It got scaled back, and it's about an eight-year reauthorization, which is exciting uh, to give some certainty to those families for the coming um, nearly a decade. One other we've been supporting is to try to create a state-level child tax credit. So we talked about how at the federal level we have the earned income tax credit and the child tax credit as the two best ways to lift children out of poverty. We have a state-level earned income tax credit. We do not have a state-level child tax credit. Okay. So our friends at the Colorado Fiscal Institute have been doing a lot of work around how do we lift children out of poverty. Child tax credit is a great way to do it. I'm afraid that we don't have the resources at this time to make it possible, Mm -hmm. but it's provoked a really important conversation about child poverty and ways we can address it. So we're still working on that one, but may not get there this year. Great. So as you were talking and then explaining tax credits, I think the one thing that keeps jumping in my head is that like this seems like uh, a solution out of kind of a bad situation, right? Like we clearly don't pay our families enough. And there are a lot of factors that is putting kids in poverty. And as a last kind of effort, we are saying, okay, we will let you keep the tax money just so you can make ends meet. So can you talk a little bit about what are the shortcomings of tax credits? Mm -hmm. And then maybe how, um, what would like a better investment would look like? Yeah, I think when we approach tax credits, it's helpful to think of them as no different of, would this be a good program to invest in? So. We have the Colorado Child Care Assistance Program that tries to help people afford child care. We think that's a wise public investment. Mm -hmm. A tax credit's another vehicle to get to that end. One of the advantages of tax credits is uptake rates are actually much higher with with tax credits than they are with sort of public programs. Interesting. And that is because uh, everybody's filling out their taxes. Yeah. And so you can claim these programs as opposed to not everyone has the time, the efforts – all the tools it requires to go to sign up for some public program. So building it in the tax code can be a more efficient way to do things. Mm -hmm. At the same time, tax credits simply 
keep the investment at the uh, family level, right, the taxpayer level. And that's helpful if I'm trying to afford my child care bill. Mm-hmm. What it doesn't do is allow us to build systems that support families. Mm-hmm. So it requires mm-hmm. a public investment to support the availability of child care, um, to support quality improvement initiatives, to make investments that support um, high-quality public schools and public education. We have to collect revenue and make those investments yeah. in the sort of systems, and tax credits simply keep the investment at the individual level. Mm-hmm. And so in that view, it requires a balance. You need to bring in adequate revenue to have the public services we all rely on. Mm-hmm. And you also need to support families facing their individual hurdles and uh, obstacles to opportunity. So uh, we don't um, uh, have an ideological view. Tax credit good are good. Tax credits are bad. You really have to evaluate each individually and to really think about who's the beneficiary, does it have an evidence base, is it really going to help things? Because you're making a choice when you offer a tax credit not to collect the revenue. Mm-hmm. And we know we have a lot of public investment shortcomings in Colorado where we need the revenue to be able to offer the services that our citizens expect. And yeah. so it's a balance. This is very exciting that because I think in some ways you have a lot of evidence to show tax credits actually lift kids and families out of poverty but then you have to have the balance of collecting enough revenue. Um, so uh, for people who are interested in learning more about this and also following some of the bills that you just pointed out, where can people go and how can people get um, informed on this better? So uh, great questions. I would say if you're not signed up for Kids Flash, <laughs> we're covering all of these in our weekly updates that yeah. Beza manages. And so Kids Flash is a great tool. It provides background on each of the ones we're working on. Uh, our friends at the Colorado Fiscal Institute have a wonderful set of resources that explain our tax code and our tax system and have a set of principles by which we should all think about evaluating tax credits. So they're a great resource. And specific to this legislative session, um, Chalkbeat Colorado, which is an online newspaper, actually did a piece uh, where they covered all of the child-related tax credits being discussed this session and what is already in place. And I thought it was a really great explainer. So you can find that at chalkbeat.org for their Colorado website. Awesome. Thank you so much for making the time and explaining something so complicated. And now I totally understand tax credits. Thanks, Beza. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, and we will be back with another conversation next week. Thanks, Bill. Thanks.